0: Hello listeners, this is your host Tim Curley with a prologue to this episode. Like all of you, the holidays were quite busy for all of us. The new year has been quite busy for Colton and I. So we have a lot of episodes that we've recorded, we just haven't gotten them edited. I'm sure you saw that we took a two-week hiatus from posting and that's just because life got away and couldn't fit in getting an episode posted. So we're a bit behind. Um, that includes one or two episodes lost, quote unquote, from November and December that will get up some point probably in February. But right now we're going to post the New Year's, our second of the New Year's uh, resolutions episode that we did. It's going to be unedited, raw. And so enjoy, warts and all. Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. Three, two, one. Welcome back to this special episode of the Go to Hell podcast. Strong opinions weekly held about Christianity, the church and beer i'm your host tim Curley, and i'm joined by my soon-to-be inebriated friend <laughs> colton
1: how are you doing i'm doing great uh, I, i'm gonna be actually extremely impressed if i can get through this without inebriation but i like to i like to i like to be hopeful uh i uh, uh i'm doing good um i was like christmas uh Went through this week without a hitch, no problems. Got to have our baby's first Christmas. Um, it was significantly more. Le- I I told this to my wife where I said that this year felt holy moly. As far as Christmas goes, uh, so much. I don't know. There's something about this year where I just. It, it's not that I wasn't feeling it or whatever. It just didn't seem as special. I don't know why or whatever, but it was just how it was. Um, so I don't know it and like my my kids there and all that kind of stuff but i mean like she doesn't know what she's opening you know like the, yeah. like people are like oh don't you just love it when they're opening gifts and i was like my daughter doesn't even look at the gifts when it's being opened <laughs> like you know she's so it uh but it it all went well so uh I, like i said it's just been kind of a a meh christmas i guess but it was great on all accounts just as far as anticipated it was just it was good so no complaints about it i feel like i just wasn't anticipating it as much as usual so yeah
0: mine got blown up by the flu influenza a was going around and so we got over it just in time for christmas so we were still able to have everybody over but we missed going to church on christmas eve or christmas eve eve and that i just that always kind of puts a damper on Christmas for me I don't know why for someone who hosts a show about the church imploding it's still like going to Christmas uh going to church around Christmas is still kind of an important thing so since we didn't get to go because we were worried about being still being a bit uh, contagious. contagious we stayed away I kind of put a damper on the true meaning of Christmas. But otherwise, it was still pretty nice.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, service was good. By the way, I was there for my twice a year appearance. Your twice a year appearance. Easter, Easter and uh, New Year's. Yeah, or not New Year's. Uh, now you're just Christmas, a Catholic. Easter. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're drinking
0: cocktails. We are drinking cocktails. <laughs> we are drinking. Thank you very much from Dust Bowl. It is a mega IPA. It's they like they made up a term. It's it's so high. It's in, uh fourteen point three percent so uh, alcohol in a sixteen ounce can. So uh, somewhere around probably. Question twenty nine. I think we'll both be either slurring our words or saying really stupid things. Sounds it's the perfect be. beer for uh, coming up on. Well, this will be our uh, second New Year's episode. That's right. Uh, but this is very. This is a very New Year's. Oh, man, and I've already had a couple of beers, so it's,
1: it's a good way to toast to the New Year. But they didn't have cilantro, so you're good. What would you drink, like chocolate cow? Or...
0: I had uh, square top, which was 4.7%, oh. so it was fine. I only had two of them.
1: Oh, okay, perfect. I haven't had anything.
0: What? You didn't make it to 1852 today. I figured you would have.
1: No, I didn't. My uh, Audrey was out running errands and that kind of stuff. and um, The hard part about 1852 is they don't open till 4, so... I, don't know, I had to make dinner, and then I was like, I needed to be over here, so it was roughly around 6 o'clock. I made dinner for Audrey, because she was having uh, her gluten-free meal to evening. Mm. which was eggs, bacon, and potatoes, so... Oh, <laughs> darn. <laughs> Terrible, I know.
0: <laughs> so... Uh, music. I haven't really been listening to music this week.
1: I have not been listening to music this week. Well. I have been listening to music this week. But the music that I've been listening to, actually, I do recommend this for anybody um, that is ever like, uh, you like to l- listen to music, but maybe uh you find yourself distracted by what you're listening to. Um, maybe it's too poppy or whatever. Um, and you start singing along and that kind of stuff. Uh, When I was in college um, and when I would work um, on stuff and even in my classroom when I'm doing grading and all that kind of stuff during my prep periods, I toss on this playlist. Um, You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Hulu, on whatever. Um, And I've been listening to it a lot just because it actually is helpful for making my baby sleep. So uh, she likes to listen to it and she sleeps to it. So um, it's just a lo-fi um, if you guys are unfamiliar with lo-fi um, music, it's very uh, soft, um, and it's just a little lo-fi hip-hop with um, for beats to relax and study to. And so um, it's kind of like – Audrey kind of says it's like smooth jazz with like, um, with like some bass behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of fairly similar to what it is. Um, sometimes some of the songs have like rain – um sounds in it or whatever like i i think that the music is perfect that you could even like sit there and read a book while you're li- while you're listening to it so um you know I, I can't exactly always read a book while blasting ACDC in my house so uh it's just how it goes <laughs> uh so um that's what i've been listening to this week um, so anything from you no nothing
0: no music this week i i actually listen to no music so and i haven't really listened uh yeah so i've just been to the
1: sound of silence uh,
0: a lot of larry david yeah <laughs> been watching a lot of curb your enthusiasm for some reason so
1: well do we have any what the x
0: what, what the, what the heck? We do. I've got a couple. I'll I'll save some of these for the next episode. I got plenty of stuff here, but I'll, I'll I'll read a couple of these. Uh, item one. More people have left the church in the last twenty-five years than all the new people who became Christians from the first Great Awakening, second Great Great Awakening, and Billy Graham Crusades combined. Interesting. Uh. Item two. All right, Christian nationalists. You want America to be a Christian, to be Christian? Fine. The first thing to be done is to abolish the Defense Department, dismantle the nuclear arsenal, and reallocate the military budget for relief of the poor. This would be something like a Christian nation. All right.
1: I'm a pretty big advocate for that, but I don't <laughs> say it. I don't think that it, I mean, I, uh, I brought it up this week. I Somebody was talking to me about budgets and, and where we should be spending money, and they were complaining about something or another, and I was like, "Well, you know, there is that really big military budget over there, that." Yep. <laughs> but you know, we shouldn't get involved in wars, but yet let's continue to.
0: Let's let's continue to get involved in the. Uh, let's
1: continue to be, get involved in the big dick competition. Yes. Because. Biggest dick competition.
0: Uh, all right. Evangelicalism. Would rather you be a bad person with the right beliefs than a good person with the wrong
1: beliefs? No, but okay. I see what they're saying, <laughs> Uh
0: Okay, and then the last one. This last one's just an interesting bit of history in the church. In 897 A.D., Pope formosus was put on trial for perjury and other crimes the strange part is that he'd already been dead for a year before being put on trial he was dug up and taken to court to stand trial at the end of the trial formosus was pronounced guilty and his papacy retroactively declared null and there's a picture from the renaissance era of a dead corpse well, obviously, a corpse sitting in a throne as he's being put on trial. I like the redundancy. Of and that. then someone added, actually, he was exhumed and thrown into the, into the same river twice by two different popes, and both times his corpse was recovered by people. He was then buried the third and final time. So, wonderful times in the uh, history of the church.
1: Wow, that's fun. Nice little bit of history for us.
0: Okay, boy, we're just blitzing through. We're how many minutes in?
1: Well, it's we're trying to avoid having to have a, make this a seven-part episode series. So
0: we're ten minutes in. Normally, we'd be like still doing our intros. We're also trying to get this in before we're drunk and you gotta drive home. Yes. <laughs> you can't sleep on my couch anymore.
1: I've only done it the one time.
0: I know, I know.
1: Uh, all right, so we're continuing on with our segment from last week where we were asking um, some questions about 2023, some reflection on that, and seeing where we go from there um, into 2024. Um, so tonight we're going to be continuing on with our reflective questions. We'll see if we're able to get to some of our questions that are looking ahead to the next year um but still i want to focus on some of those lessons that we've learned over the course of this year um some of the cool things that we got to experience but first off what we need to know is how did you fail this year tim how did i fail did we did we go over that one or no
0: no i don't remember that one uh Hmm, that's different than making mistakes. How did you fail? I can't think of any failures. Yeah, I can't think of any failures, which is an indication that you're not really trying too hard, which is true. I'm, I'm in a kind of like, uh, professionally, I'm kind of in a uh, holding pattern. I'm not in a position where I can take risks because of what's going on with my business. So I'm, that's something I'm hoping I can do in mm, probably 2025 is take risks and fail. So I can't think of anything, but that's not, I wouldn't say that's a positive. You're not failing, you're not trying, so.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know, I think that failing also, like, we fail in a lot of ways, um, however minor, you know. um, And so when you reflect on them. Just know that we're always constantly learning, so there's potential for us to have failed on regular occasions and that we are trying to improve from those. And so those aren't always easy to admit, your fail- your failures. I think that there were some failures that I had as a coach this year. I think there's sometimes some failures that I have as a teacher. Um, I was like, some of those specifics are, you know, like, just maybe I didn't. Maybe one particular class or whatever, they were getting on my nerves. And so I just just didn't give it everything that I had. And, and there could be issues. I mean, some of the failures are, you know, I failed kids this year. <laughs> um, those are my failures. Those are the ones. Um, and that's always tough. I never like giving Fs to kids. I understand what those mean. As somebody who received several Fs in their life, I know how hard it is to come back from that um, what that does to you psychologically, um, and, and how, yeah, it it seems sometimes like the easiest thing is to give up, so that's always difficult, and I mean, we have to acknowledge that about our own failures, and where, you know, like I said, as a coach this year, there were things where it's like, for the team, maybe I could have done things differently, um, in my inexperience, I was not able to really guide them in the way that they needed to be led, but, um, yeah, I hope that I'm able to learn from those and continue to grow and to develop as an educator and as a coach. So, yeah. You get on that one?
0: You're still... Yeah, see, I've been doing what I've been doing since the early 90s. So I've got... In terms of that, I've gotten the failures mostly out of my system. You're still learning your craft, yeah. both coaching and teaching, so... Um, and again, I, I'm in a position right now where I'm kind of in a holding pattern professionally, so there's things that other than the photo business, the day to day photo business stuff that I can't, I would like to be doing that I can't right now, but hopefully we'll, that'll get resolved soon. So, anyway, I mean, there's certainly stuff day to day, I miss deadlines here and there on stuff I've got to do, but that, that again, those are. That's not – I don't take that as failures as much as just mistakes being made. Anyway.
1: Number 16. Ooh. What... This beer. <laughs> what got in the way of your success this year? Ah. Uh... <sighs> Ooh.
0: There's a there's there's a big there's a big thing that's in that's in my way and I can't talk about it, so uh Yeah. Yeah.
1: That big thing is the thing that got in the way of the success this year.
0: <laughs> well you know it's I can't talk about it, I know, so I know. I
1: know. Um, yeah, things that got in the way of my success this year, um, I think that my inexperience as a coach, as far as our water polo program that got in the way of our success, I think the lack of humility from my players, uh, led to some of the, <laughs> yeah some of the issues that we had with our success, um, it's just how it goes. Um, success in my career, in my job. I feel like I, um, at least towards the later half of the year, which was, again, I'm constantly learning. I felt like I was, um, there was nothing. had felt like things were released as far as a lot of things that were keeping me from success uh, when I left the, my previous job to go to this one. Um, so I've been able to flourish and, and be successful there. Um, the, I was like, as far as, as, far as my marriage and my home life, uh, I don't think anything got in the way of success there. Um, I think I'm always learning still on how to be a good husband and I'm definitely learning on how to be a good father, but, um, nothing so far has helped me back in those areas as far as I know. Like my wife could beg to differ, but uh, she's not here on the podcast tonight, so. <laughs> Yeah, so that's all I got. You want to unpack on...
0: No, I can't.
1: Number 17. What would you do differently if you could?
0: Hmm. What would I do differently? Jeez Louise. I don't, I can't, I wouldn't do anything any different. Yeah. I mean, I already said I didn't really have (laughs) any big failures because I'm kind of, In a holding pattern so if you haven't had any big failures there's no reason to do anything different
1: yeah i think i don't always like this question i think it's very similar with you know what are what regrets might you have in life i think it's okay to sit there and and dwell on things where you're like ah i could have done this better i could have done this a different way Um, But that's part of the learning process. That's what helps us grow and to develop. And so we have to make mistakes in order enough to know those lessons a lot of the times. Um, And so I oftentimes would sit there and say, I wouldn't have done anything differently because I believe that it's helped form and shape me into who I am and and who I need to be moving forward.
0: Yeah, Um, I agree with that.
1: But at the same time, one thing that I still say is I do regret... Um, when I hurt people, um, and oftentimes I don't think we know when we've hurt people. And so if I could, and so if I could ever take anything back and if I, I hurt someone based off of something that I did, um, and mainly usually intentionally, if I did something intentionally and it hurt someone in the process, I, um, and I wasn't, and I didn't see that until retrospectively where I was like, oh, that wasn't worth it. Um. I was like, if if I had known that that would have caused trouble to someone else, I wouldn't have done it. Um, that's always what I say. I think things are always kind of messy and all that kind of stuff. And yes, I know that you could learn those lessons, and like I said, but when it comes to causing other people pain, I'd prefer not to learn that lesson the hard way because sometimes relationships are shattered. And, and though you can take that lesson into the next one, sometimes it's not necessarily if I could choose. I would like to preserve as many relationships as I could. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I had any of those this year, but like I said, oftentimes you don't know that it's happened until uh, years later when they come up and they say that, hey, you said this and it was kind of hurtful. And I'd be like, what? That's not what I meant at all. And I wish I could explain it. Maybe I didn't say it the correct way before or whatever. So that's something that I would (laughs) – Take
0: back. So I did have I did have a a really bad brain fart moment this year. Uh, Went to a, a party at somebody's house and apparently I'm not saying apparently like I'm questioning that it happened or didn't happen, but apparently I showed up at this party and didn't acknowledge the host the host, the female host and was told about it a couple days after the fact and just was like, couldn't believe I'd done it. And then, and so, uh, yeah, I was just like, yeah, that was, uh, can't believe it did that. Like showed up, at, showed up at your house and didn't, didn't acknowledge your wife. Yeah. That's pretty boneheaded. <laughs> and then, uh, like three, no, within the last two weeks, it was in. No, it was within the. Within the last week, I'm watching uh, *Curb Your Enthusiasm*, and uh, Larry David apparently did the same thing. Showed up at somebody's house and didn't acknowledge the hostess of the party, and got himself into trouble. And I'm watching. I'm like, see, that's exactly why it happened. I'm. I, <laughs> I blame Larry David.
1: <laughs> yeah. I... It's
0: too much. Too much Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs>
1: That's all it takes.
0: But, yeah, in fact, I don't even think I've had a chance to see this person since it happened.
1: and They don't want to see you.
0: Apparently, because I haven't seen him since, and it was, like, late summer, early fall. Uh, So, I haven't had a chance to do a mea culpa. I mean, I guess I'd just go over to their house and do a mea culpa, but... You're dead to them. Apparently... And it was earned.
1: Man, this is a cocktail. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Number 18, how are you different than a year ago?
0: How am I different? (sighs) Hmm. I don't know. At my age, ah, no, that, different? I don't think people change that much.
1: Well, you want me to?
0: You you go ahead. And, I uh, mean, you've, you've had a baby, so you've...
1: Ah, well, that's not even what I was going to say. I was like, I still feel like some there's a lot of things that are at my core are the same, but I think this year forced us to have to iron a couple of things out um just things that happened in the world where we had to sit there and and we fleshed out you know the, mm. is, the israel situation um where before we could sit there and we could talk and all and all that kind of stuff but really i think that some of these conversations that we've had this year have made it to where i'm like or where, yeah now there's it's not necessarily picking a side, but so much as you have to sit there and say what it is that you believe in with uh, some of these things Um, where we've talked about what we've believed is, you know, we believe that there's a lot more of this gray area around the Middle East than maybe what uh, American propaganda has said for uh, the past hundred years, you know, um, where we still support the lives of, all of those around the world, not just because we believe that God loves every single person. Um, So, uh, I don't know. I think I've grown from that experience, um, uh, and the lessons that I've taken from that have been, uh, good. There's been a couple of other conversations that we've had this year on, uh, on the relationship with Jesus Christ. I think that's always growing and it's always developing. Um, I think I'm seeing things differently um, at different times. I know maybe for some of you guys, you're like, ah, you guys are the same. Um, but really, no, we're challenged and we think differently. I I had talked about earlier this year where <clears throat> I said I don't have a very charismatic approach and I'm very skeptical and I don't really open myself up in a lot of those ways. Um And I'm still struggling with that, I'll be honest. Um, But um, it's something that I'm more open to than I once was, um, which I think is okay. So I think I've grown really um, this year in those ways. Not only just, you know, the typical, you know, I had a kid. um, You know, like I'm learning how to be a dad and all that kind of stuff. Um, But, yeah. Anything from you?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I... (laughs) I would say this year, since we've started the podcast, I think both of us, but me in particular, the the our the Christian worldview and then just the political worldview. I, I don't think anybody who knew me when I was in my twenties or thirties would recognize me now if we just sat down and like had like, hey, we haven't talked in a lot while, and just they probably just started. talking about politics or something and just assuming that w- I was going to agree with him, I, I think I'd probably freak him out like, I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> and I think that's accelerated this year. And I think you and I have changed. I I think you and I were a little more like bitter when we started this podcast in terms of how we were portraying... Yeah, let's stick by. I think we've gotten a little softer. I mean, we still disagree with a lot of what the church does, but I think we, you and I have both gotten a little more... Um, I don't know. But certainly on things like Middle East and... Uh, well, war in general definitely changed quite a bit. So... I think our faith should be I, th- I i think if you're really walking with jesus a lot of i think a lot of what you you should feel uncomfortable in a lot of in a lot of in a lot of what you're thinking i just put it that way i i think he should be challenging a lot of what you normally conventionally would think about the world and just but no, I can't I can't view the world that way. Jesus doesn't allow me to do that. So
1: Yeah, I agree. Number nineteen, a little bit of a change of pace. What did you do for your physical and mental health this year?
0: Mm. Not much for my physical health. I need to do that. Needs to be my thing in twenty twenty four. Mental health. I started reading a lot more than I had in the past, and I'm hoping to continue to do that even more. And part of that's with this podcast, but also just trying to get back into doing more. Deeper study in a lot of things not just the not I'm not even talking about the Bible just Just kind of deeper study of the world a little more intellectual so
1: Yeah, I uh, Mental health was a tough one this year for me um, uh,
0: Mental health I didn't have to do anything. I, I'm pretty even keeled when it comes to that I don't Sorry, but
1: but even then, like you do things for your mental health. No, like, I don't. Well, like reading is for your mental health. In well,
0: intellectual health, but not like <laughs> depression or anything.
1: I think mental health goes beyond just depression and anxiety. I don't know. I, I think that there's something to be said about. I don't know. I never used to be anybody. I was fairly laid back. I had an incident that took place at a movie theater, um, when I in 2018. Uh, and all of a sudden I had a panic attack. Um, brought on by, uh, I just was suffering from some indigestion. Was basically all it was, but it was something that I wasn't ready to to feel. I had I was sleep deprived. I had had three energy drinks that day, and I'm at a movie. Th- I was up at six a.m. and I was working all day, and then uh showed and Alec convinced me to go to a movies. Uh, to go to the movies at 11 o'clock at night. So, I had Oof. To, so I, I'm i sitting there. I'm completely spent. I end up having some, some gastral indigestion issues. I feel like I can't breathe. I freak out. Um, the, the music's loud or whatever. It's like the very start of the movie. And I, I had to walk out. And I ended up leaving Alec at the movie theater. We drove together. And I was like, you're going to have to find a ride home. Um, and I, I went home. I had a huge panic attack and that. That proceeded to cause what would then be the next, up until now, the present situation of where I have anxiety where I never had it before. And like you talk with people that have anxiety and they think weird stuff. Right. Um, and no offense to the people that have anxiety, but I've met people like that my entire life where, you know, they're, they're stressing about this and they're stressing about that. My wife has some levels of it and she talks to me about the things that she stresses about. And I'm like, I don't worry about that at all. Right. Um, mine kind of falls more in line with the hypochondriac side, which is actually, uh, for some, they're like, that's also super weird. And it is weird. Um, I don't acknowledge it as normal. And so uh, I was doing fine uh, for a bit. I was keeping it all at bay. And then, uh, and then a lot of the stuff happened with work and all that kind of stuff. And then in May, uh, it really came to a head where I was like, I'm not doing good. Um, and so I had to end up going back on my meds and I don't foresee myself getting off of them again, just from the miserable place I was in for a couple of months where just it's not a good place to be, um, where every day you just wake up and you're afraid of just everything, um, that's going on in your body and that kind of stuff. So, um, so did that for my mental health this year, I went back on my medication, Um, and though it's not something that I want to do, um, we've talked about, I, I have no problems with medication. I think that that is absolutely a route that people want to do. And I don't have, I don't have any religious issues with it, or I, I don't view that people view me differently because I'm on medication or anything like that. That's not what it is. And for me, honestly, it's just, I don't want to be, I don't want to take a pill every day. That's just it. Like, I was like, I don't want to take this for the rest of my life uh because that's just annoying um but it, it's something that i need to do um and uh we even had one of our friends who uh kind of made fun of me for a bit who was like what made you think that you were so good that you could just get off of it from the first time that <laughs> it?" Right. and i was like i was like well like i just didn't want it like you know um and he's like no people like need that and like you just have to accept the fact that you're one of those people that need it. And it's like, yeah. I do, like, there's truths that we have to learn about ourselves. And that's one of those things where it's just like, from here on out, because of whatever happened, whatever flipped in my brain in 2018, I'm going to be one of those people that's going to need it. Um, and it's going to be better for my marriage. It's going to be better for my children if I'm a little bit more even than. Uh, then, like, whatever happens, like, what happens if – I'm feeling good right now, but what happens if a year and a half down the road I end up in another deadlock time where I can't do anything socially, I can't – I can barely function for two straight months? That's really tough. Um, to where I can't really shut down. And, I mean, like, that's the world that we live in where we say that that's not possible. Um, and that's where I think that anytime that people say that they support those with mental health, I think that that's bullshit. I don't think that most of corporate America and the way that the American, Sorry. and the way that America works, I don't think that we support mental health. Like, I think we say it, we, we wear the ribbons or whatever, but I don't think we actually know what it means to support that because I think a lot of people still think that it's bullshit. So, <laughs> um, or that it's made up. Uh, which is okay because like I said if I pro if I didn't have that experience in 2018 and feel what I felt for the next what is it now like six, seven years um, six years uh, I'd probably still think it was bullshit um, just like everybody else or I'd be like, oh no, like it exists but like just get over it you know um, so that's just kind of it so mental health there i still do a lot of things um write, uh, like i i've had routines in place and that kind of stuff so like tim says reading isn't necessarily a part of mental health it's a part of intellectual health for me it's it's a part of both i have to read two hours every night um so i go home or like whenever i go i i completely unplug from electronics um, or I try to by nine p.m. Uh, there's a routine, and if you're listening to this podcast, we're, we're hardly ever done by nine p.m. But like, there's a routine that I have to set in place where I'm I'm technology free for about an hour for at least an hour to two hours um, before I go to bed, so that way I'm able to completely shut my brain off because I struggle with insomnia um, in the early stages, um, and that was tough. Um, I when I go to sleep, if I wake up in the middle of the night. Th- my wife is terrible at it, and I know a lot of people are. They go, they check their phones. I won't look at my phone. Like yeah. if, I, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I, I purposely, I'm like, nope. Like I have to be adamant because when I was struggling with insomnia, it was like, okay, I'll go on my phone. I'm like, I'm not sleeping anyways. Like I'll just do this, and I'll yeah. just do that. Or I was like, I'll just go turn on the TV, or I, I'll go play a video game or whatever, and that was actually way worse for me. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't do those types of things. So those are all good for my mental health. For my physical health this year, um, I don't know if I did anything really good for my physical health. I mean, I went outside in the sun. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, no, I I probably need to take care of myself a little bit better physically. Um, Got a couple of things in the works to do that, but uh, yeah, I'm still 28, so I still think that nothing's going to happen to me physically, so i just continue to harbor that until one day I'll just randomly look in the mirror and I'll be like, Oh man, I gained 30 pounds out of nowhere. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, anything else that no. All right. Number 20, who or what had the biggest impact on your life this year?
0: Who or what? <clears> hmm <throat> I would think, well, I would probably, each of us would say the two of us have had a big
1: 100%
0: Impact Uh, Yeah Dog that.
1: <laughs> uh, I'd say the same thing. I think, um, I mean, my daughter, yes. I, I feel like that's like the easy answer for everything. Um, but if my daughter was out of the equation, I'd sit there and say, I think that uh, the conversations that we've had this year and the and the relationship that we've developed this year has had the greatest impact on my life so far this year. So, well, by the end of this year. Uh, number twenty one. What did you let go of?
0: Oof. Let go of. Let go of the Republican Party. Wow. What did let go of? I don't know I can't think of anything I've let go
1: of Friends? No The hatred towards other people?
0: No, I still got some of that That'll last for another year or so.
1: No bitterness that you have let go of? No. Bad habits? Good habits?
0: Mm Mm-mm. How about you?
1: Things that you let go of because your age has to, forces you to let go of. Oh no. no. <laughs> I say that actually because I had a conversation with, uh, with someone the other day about kind of how my father is hitting those kind of – those marks, you know, um, where, you know, he's not able to run as far. You know, he's not able to – whereas as he gets older, things are becoming a lot of less you know, this is the last time I'll be able to do this. It's the last time I'll be able to do that. Uh, Tony Hawk talked about it once um, where he's like, yep, I am at that age now where it is now. I'm there are certain tricks where it's like, you know, on my skateboard where it's like this is and they become occasions for him where he's like, this is my last time doing this. It's my last time doing this. No,
0: I had to fun. get I had to get rid of those when I was like 40. <laughs> when i turned 40 I, there were th- there were things i i remember when i was i wasn't even 30 i think i was 28 well, not 28 when i started my business i was still playing uh, along with one other of my friends from high school we were still playing tackle football with wow. other guys our age and then Uh, and then also with kids that I had recently who had just graduated from high school that I had coached playing, um, football and we did one last Turkey bowl and it was, it was physical and it was with, it was with a group of kids who the year before had won a CAF championship. So I'm out there and you know, I'm holding my own and everything, but, um, I remember telling myself you've just started a company, you've got no <laughs> you've got no medical insurance or very poor medical insurance. You can't afford to like blow a knee out after starting this business. I can't, you can't do this anymore. So the tackle football went out, out went out the window. It kept kept doing like pickup basketball for a couple more years. But yeah, I remember telling myself that and then and then the game coming up later I'm like nope I'm done and you know kind of getting ribbed for it no like, oh, it's a very practical reason I, I can't afford I'm, I got to be a grown-up now I can't I can't go out there and break a arm or blow a knee out so
1: yeah I uh, that's funny I have that same conversation with kids because my 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 classroom is decorated like a, a skate shop. And so kids ask me all the time, Mr. Pierce, do you skate? I used to, is what I always say. And, you know, skate until you die is, you know, kind of a thing. But I remember the last time I broke my arm, uh, I was, like, I wasn't in high school. I wasn't in junior high. I wasn't in elementary school. I was, like, full-on adult. And I'm, like, going to work, and, like, I can't do anything. And I'm, like, I can't do this. Like, I can't. I can't just sit here and just like break my arm like a couple months down the line and just be like, okay, this is like, you know, the new norm or whatever, you know, and you just get through work as long as you keep breaking stuff or whatever. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and so I hung up the skate, the skateboard, uh, after that happened where I haven't been on it since. And, uh, a friend of ours got really into it a couple of years ago, um, he still likes it. I don't know if I've seen him skate in a while, though. He'll occasionally go out. But uh, he was really into it, and I was like, oh, maybe I could go back in. And then I, like, had talked to somebody the next day, and they were like, yeah, I broke my arm last week. And I, or I broke my arm, like, a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, yeah. No, I'm not going through that. (laughs) It's like, I can't do it again. And it's not even about the pain of the arm or whatever. It's just like the annoyance of like going to work and all that kind of stuff. Like I can't go. Sure, my job as a teacher doesn't change if I have a broken arm and that kind of stuff. But it's just so inconvenient. Like as a kid, you don't give two shits. Like you're just like, oh, yeah, my arm's broken. Right. You're like, ah, this test sucks. But this is my biggest concern, you know? Right. Like, and what do I explain to my boss? My boss is like, how'd you break your arm? Well, I was doing something <laughs> that probably only fourteen-year-olds do. Um, so, yeah, whatever. So I understand where that comes from. But uh, you didn't like of any dreams this year.
0: I might be done with cigars. You know what? I'm I'm not kidding.
1: Oh wow! <laughs>
0: this last bout of uh, flu, and then before that, I had a cold. I just I. I don't know that it's all that good for my lungs after having COVID too. I, I do. I'm a little concerned the number of times I had COVID and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the talk is about the, the effects from those who got um, the vaccine, particularly if it was the mRNA, but you know, before they had the before the vaccines came out, they kept making it clear like this might like knock ten years off your life if you catch COVID, and I think we've kind of blitzed past that or just assumed it was old people. So, yeah, I don't know. I just I've not had a cigar. Well, the last last one I had was the birthday party, and it might be in a little. It might be a while. That's okay. So. Unfortunately, I'm sitting on a nice humidor right behind me with probably about 60 cigars in it. So I'll have to sell them off or something. I don't know. We'll see. I just – I don't know.
1: I get that. I get those convictions. I don't know. I don't think I gave – well, I gave up being an astronaut this year. I just don't think it's going to happen for me. <laughs> um, I don't know uh, if I gave up anything. There's nothing – uh, it's always hard. Like you know, like dreams and stuff. Or you give up some of those dreams when you're young. Um, like I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna play for the Dodgers. Um, although with Shohei Otani, you know. Yeah,
0: you're not uh, Japanese.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he let, him and Yamamoto. You know, they're taking those those different deals. So maybe the Dodgers might have a little bit of money for me. Who knows? Uh, Even though I haven't played baseball since Um, (laughs) T-ball. But you never know when they're going to need me. Uh, Yeah, I still haven't given up on a lot of stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any relationships this year. There's none that I I gave up. Um,
0: No, we gave up on relationships a couple
1: years ago. (laughs) yeah that's also something that i need to give up i need to give up is you know we talked about that bitterness and that hatred and i i called my mother uh when i was on my way back from a water polo game i wasn't playing in but or my team wasn't playing in i was going and i was rooting for our my ex-school site and uh i saw my previous boss and and i i had a panic episode on the way home um or later that night and i called my mom the next day and i was like hey should i go see a therapist like i was like i guarantee it was 100% just seeing him cuz i was on edge like the second i saw him you know and the hard part is in our world i mean i always believe in <laughs> i believe it 100% i think that when when there are breakups for teenagers, they need to be ugly as hell. Yeah. I was like, I believe it with all of my being that teenagers need to have ugly breakups because they get into this, well, we should still be friends, and then there's kinda like this weird kind of thing, but then somebody gets hurt because they're like they want to have a relationship with somebody else, but they thought that there were feelings. So I always tell teenagers well, I don't tell them. If they ask me about a relationship I'm like or a relationship ending I'm like your breakup needs to be ugly like you need to get it all out there you need to say you were a dirtbag for this and this and this and you need to also be able to take it where they say you were a dirtbag for this and this and yeah. this and this um, and what's hard about our world when we get fired or when we get let go from things or when you know we leave occupations we can, we're not supposed to I was like, there's people that do, but we're not supposed – we have to be cordial. We have to be professional. We have to think about, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so really at the end of the day, I got no answers about why I was let go. Um, And so all that I have for this person is a bunch of unanswered questions, and I just feel like this person doesn't like me or doesn't care for me or has it out for me or whatever. And so just being around that just makes – like it's almost like a black cloud like enters the room, you know, and so that's something that hopefully I'll be able to like go up within the next year or two. But I still say like when – and you said a couple of years ago is it's still something that I cannot stand about another individual um, at the organization that we used to attend. Like it's still something where I was adamant that I could not go to – I couldn't go to church services. I couldn't do any of that stuff. I was like, I can't do it. I'm just going to sit there and just be pissed off and angry. And there's a potential that I might have a panic attack when I'm there because of just how toxic it was for me. So it's just like, okay, I'm not doing this. Um, And still, when I see him, like, I don't feel good. Like, and that's so hard, you know, like where somebody causes that kind of reaction in you. It's almost like a kid seeing their bully, like like a kid seeing their childhood bully, like like grown up and they like feel like some of the whiplash from it. Like that's how I feel from these two individuals. And so hopefully at some point I'll be able to let it go and, and find healing from it. It's just, it's not there at the moment. So it's something that I hope to let go of in the next year. And, but it's something that I'm still holding on to. Anything else? No, I, I've, I've, I've
0: let it go. It, I just we have the same problem with we have we have the a problem with the same individual my my issue is is I don't want to have yet another conversation about why the church breakup happened.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: because uh I just feel like he the the individual's being intentionally obtuse about it because he doesn't like what I have to say. And so we need to continue to have a conversation. No, you're just not accepting what I keep telling you is the reason why. And it's not satisfying to you or whatever. So you want to keep having a conversation until we supposedly have this meeting of the minds. No, we're just never going to have a meeting of the minds. So.
1: What were the most useful resources you had this year?
0: Hmm. Well, for me personally, podcasts are indispensable. I have a lot that I listen to. And some vary because my business is sports to where it's just the daily sports stuff, so I know what's going on in the sports business. Um, But then I have other ones that I listen to that are kind of like history. There's one about the JFK assassination that's like... it's So I have ones that are anything from daily topical to ones that go on for like, uh, there's one uh, that actually helped inform some of the stuff we talked about on this podcast when the Israeli Palestine thing broke out. And it's like eight hours of deep history of um, the history of Palestine Uh, The same guy's got like eight hours on Jeffrey Epstein, which is really dark and very disturbing um, because it goes into other things kind of related to Epstein, but um, uh, related to Epstein, but not Epstein specific. And it's very, very, very dark, disturbing content. Um, But yeah, I think... I think podcasts are really important, um, because humans have mostly learned verbally. We don't really, reading is, is a very small, uh, we've only been reading really mass communication for about 150, 200 years. I mean, yes, the printing press was invented a long, long time ago before that, but, like really, truly people reading on a mass communication level is eh, about 200 years old. Before that, everything's pretty much verbal. So um, I did see re- this week, I saw somebody say, I wasn't sure that I agreed with it. It was an interesting thought. I don't think I agree with it. Basically saying that, what was it? Uh, logic only comes from reading. You can't have logic. From verbal communication, I don't think I agree with that, but it was an it was enough of an interesting thought to make me think about it. um And certainly, the Enlightenment, which is kind of the epitome of logical thinking, came about because of the printing press and everything. But I don't, I I think that's a correlation that's it's a false correlation. I don't think that's the case. But anyway, uh, definitely podcasts. Um, Yeah,
1: I think for me, my my most useful resources uh, that I had this year was all of my friends. Um, they continue to be a wealth of knowledge in whatever it is that they're going through or whatever is happening to them, and, uh, or maybe it's something that they've been through and they're able to give insight into it. It's always something that I've valued. Um, and also why, uh, if you're listening to this, it's important to get involved in a small group is because... Uh, And when I say a small group, I'm not talking about like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're, if you got four friends that you're going through life together and you guys are in similar backgrounds and that kind of stuff, that's good. But I do believe in having that widespread of, you know, of having different age groups involved to where they can talk about and speak into different situations that they're going through. And, and even if like, you're one of the younger ones in the group, like I have usually been um, most recently where um again, I still think that we have something of value to add to the conversation, even if it doesn't necessarily come from a place of wisdom, but it comes from a place of ambition and desire and um, and growth or a desire for growth, where maybe others of the wiser age groups or whatever um, may be able to reflect and feel that they can grow in those areas as well. So, um, but I, and so always feel like you should be, that you contribute um, and that you are valued in whatever conversation that you're being a part of, but I cannot express enough how grateful I am for all of our friends um, that have been able to speak into my life this year. I think that they've been phenomenal resources for, and and lots of help. Um, and the person that most comes to mind is Jay Adams out of trivia night. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I hope that they bring trivia night back.
0: Yeah, it was disappointing.
1: That's what I had to let go of this year. Was, uh,
0: That's true. The
1: fact that trivia night may not come back again.
0: We There's still a- have one more night though. At, do we need uh, a blowout <laughs> at Pete at uh Mill? Because I forgot the gift cards the last time we went.
1: Uh, number twenty-three. What are you thankful for this year? Hmm. No
0: <laughs> huh,
1: uh
0: I'm thankful for my family uh, family stuck together and my daughter's found another looks like she's found another guy in her life and I'm thankful for my granddaughters and how they're doing so definitely family mom's doing well it's good. No, I mean there's a there's a lot to be thankful for, but well, that specifically, I mean, I could go on and on about what what to be thankful for.
1: Yeah, I know. I think it's always good to be uh, reflective on what we're thankful for. Take stock of what we have gratitude in, um, and yeah, I'm thankful. I don't know. There was a there's a TED talk out there. Um, and there used to be a podcast that, and I don't know if it's still going, um, but it basically was a podcast where a guy would take about three TED talks, and it was about it was an hour long podcast, and he would then, um, and I think it was supported through NPR, where he would then uh, find some of these TED talks and then get more information about it than just the twenty minutes that they had on stage, um, and uh, there was one uh, particular segment that was called. Um, a happiness and how do we find it and actually what they ended up doing was they gave this Benedictine monk they played his entire um, his entire <laughs> TED talk they don't do that with everybody else they just kind of show snippets but this guy they let him do his entire thing on uh, the podcast because I think that they felt like it was that good and I highly value um, this monk's uh, interpretation of of what happiness is and it's and really comes down to just being grateful for every given moment that we have um, and that we recognize that everything that we have is a gift Um, and if we continue to sit there and believe that everything that we have is a gift and it's not earned by us and that it's given to us, um, I think that there's a, a phenomenal peace and uh, just a tranquility that comes over us um, through that process of recognizing that, and that's why I think that it's huge that we recognize that from Jesus Christ is that nothing that we have is ours, you know, or that we've earned. It's all been given to us, and so we recognize this as a gift. Um, and and so, therefore, always I am grateful for every moment that I've gotten to have over this year um because i've enjoyed every moment of it yeah um even the crummy ones um i'm so grateful to be alive and kicking and being able to contribute and and grow and and be who i am
0: especially after the san diego beer marathon
1: yes (laughs) especially after saturday's hangover uh, at the san diego beer marathon (laughs) Find out how it goes. That's what everybody's waiting for now. They're like, all right, what is, we're going to tune in in July or August when they go over their next San Diego Beer Marathon <laughs> tour. Um, 24. What did you leave unfinished? Oh, boy.
0: Well, there's a big thing in my life that's unfinished, but that's the thing I can't talk about with the nemesis I can't talk about. So... That is hopefully to be finished in 2024. Thank God. And then I can move on with my life. So. That's a big thing. Anything else? Mm. No.
1: I've got four books that are currently unfinished. I'm like open. I'm like reading through books right now. That's. That's usually the thing that – I'm a. I'm a completionist. Uh, I know that there's people that are like, I DNF something or whatever. Um, I did not finish, and they purposefully like walk away. I cannot be that person. If I start something, I have to finish it.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's got to be really bad for it to be like a movie or a show or yeah, a like I paid to be bad. It's, I paid money to go to a movie. Like,
1: I, I remember there was one movie in particular we've talked about it before, Judge Dread, the new one that got oh, made, and
0: with the uh, yeah, the guy from Lord of the Rings and yeah, oh yeah, that one. And the
1: opening scenes when like the bodies drop from the. floor from, like, the 200th floor and just, like, land and just go splat or whatever. And there was already, like, a bunch of gore before this and a bunch of other graphic scenes. And I was like, I'm going to leave this theater. Like, I had never thought that before in a movie theater ever. And I was like, I'm going to leave. Like, I, I don't want to watch this. Like, this isn't something for me. Like, I don't want to watch this. We were going with friends. But I still stuck it through because I was like, I just believe in, like, completing something if you start it. I I don't think that there's ever been anything where it's like I've been able to walk away and be like, nope, maybe some foods because they suck.
0: <laughs> there was a movie I saw. Oh, I don't remember when it came out. It's Mulholland. It, there's two Mulholland movies. I think this was called Mulholland Falls. It's a David Lynch movie. David Lynch movies are always very weird. This one's got Naomi Watts. And somebody else in it, and it's a. I don't, I don't remember m- what most of the movie was about, other than there was a strange, like, demonic being somehow involved in the movie killing people. Oh, interesting. that pops up every once in a while, and I remember. Movie was awful, and I remember an old couple. Uh, was watching. This was. At this time, pretty much every movie I was seeing I was, was was with my buddy John from high school, and we're sitting there, and there's clearly like ten minutes left in this movie. i mean it, it's it's wrapping up, and this old couple stands up in front of us and they start walking out i'm and i and and something bizarre had happened like the previous scene that was just like over the top or something, and now they're up, and I'm like, really? you're leaving now? <laughs> there's like you you could have left like I, like I'm like the whole theater can hear me like I'm just like <laughs> really you now you're leaving there's only like ten minutes left you could have like ten minutes ago the scene ten minutes ago you, that wasn't enough for you now you're leaving and they're just like ah shut up we're out of here I'm
1: just like what you're like how was that the last yeah that straw? was
0: the last, exactly it was like that was the last straw <laughs> what's wrong with you.
1: <laughs> oh my god uh or what's the what's considered the like the worst movie of all time that the you're tearing me apart lisa the um oh hi mark what is that it's the somebody knows I, the room oh <laughs> uh and then they uh, yes anyways
0: i don't have any unfinished books i
1: have a book that's sitting right
0: in front of colton that i have that i have to start
1: well okay so like when it comes down to pitch, so years uh it, years ago i finally got back into reading this isn't something where it's like colton's been a reader since he was like five no it was uh it was actually due to the insomnia i really started getting back into reading um where it was just kind of something it was kind of a cooling um activity that was good calming um and i do believe it's good for me and i also believe that as an english teacher we should be reading books yeah The there's lots of english teachers that don't um but uh we're going through uh and uh i remember i was going through book recommendation lists i was following some people that have podcasts and that have uh And I really – I used to read a lot of nonfiction, and that was kind of my thing um, for the longest period of time. And then uh, somebody was like, hey, you should start reading uh, some fantasy. And I was like, yeah, all right. I'll like try it. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, and like that's been my fantasy my entire life. Or I read a lot of classical literature. So when I was in high school, I devoured classical literature. I was like, oh, yeah, this is where it's at. This is what – this is literature, you know, like – and I was – and I'd always scoff at whatever the heck my little sister was reading her her <laughs> YA. Oh, my gosh. I still scoff at YA. I don't really care for a young adult. Uh, Coming-of-age stories don't, aren't, don't appeal to me as much anymore. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, this guy was talking about how the fact that when he reads a series, he reads probably like three or four books at a time. And I was like, what? Who the hell does that? I was like, it's one book, and now I'm at this point where that's about how I read things. Is I read about three or four books at a time, where it's I'm reading, I'm reading something nonfiction, and I'm reading probably three other fictional books at one time, um, and it drives my wife insane. Yeah, she I, don't, I don't think I can she do doesn't that. understand it. Uh, she doesn't understand that I can't. Com- or like, I have no desire to like complete series. Like, she's like, once you start one, that's how you need, it. and that's how I actually started. I was like, okay, I'm going to read this series. Um, And I'll read this book and the book after and the book after and the book after and the book after. But the hard part was the book series that I chose was The Wheel of Time, which we talked about before, which is, again, a 15-book series. And each of the books are about 800 to 1,100 pages on each one. Um, So it's a a year-long endeavor. And I got into this one book, and I was like, I'm super fed up with some of these characters. And I was like, you know. And so I started – reading other ones to just kind of ref- to give me a break in between and then i was like oh man and so i i try reading these other ones and so i'm actually in the middle of and this drives my wife insane i am in the middle of 13 different series right now so um and i, I can
0: see <laughs> books i would need to finish but not series i could see me like all right i'm done with that i need to for a while i need to read something else and then come back to the series
1: yeah, so I, the series is fine. And and so I like when I say I have four books that are incomplete as of right now and through the end of the year, I won't have them completed. But I've, I'm in the middle of four books, two of which are baby books. Um, I'm reading a Montessori book, and I'm reading a book about a, how to basically make sure your kid isn't just eating dino nuggies mm. for the rest of their life. Um, and then I'm in the middle of two fantasy books, which I'm enjoying. So I was like, no big deal. So... It seemed like something I was far-fetched before, but now I'm like, oh, I'm, I have become what was impossible at one point. <laughs> I didn't even know that could happen. Well, so. at this
0: point, I'm finding it hard to finish this beer we have, but...
1: Hey, no, 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 no. Not hard. We're taking our time. We are taking our time. <laughs> I'm milking this as much as I can. Absolutely, as we should. I'm actually impressed that I've been able to milk this. I mean, we've only been recording for like what an hour and twenty minutes.
0: It's still cold too. I think it's probably the metal cup. It's or, the metal cup. It's yeah. Because this warm, I'm not sure it would be tolerable. Oh. It'd be like eating a tepid steak. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: number twenty-five. What was the best compliment you received this year?
0: <laughs> best compliment. Oh, well, that's that that I could hold my liquor on the San Diego Beer Marathon for sure. The old guy.
1: Oh, no, it wasn't <laughs> even the fact that you could hold your liquor. It was the fact that you could hold your liquor and sleep on the floor for at least one of the nights yeah. and get Chinese and water get, torture. and Chinese water torture
0: <laughs> and feel fine. Still got it.
1: So miserable Saturday morning. <laughs> Golly, and I didn't even sleep on the floor. Oh, I wanted to die.
0: Oh, and then Nolan did sleep on the floor Saturday.
1: Or Sunday night. Or Yeah, Saturday night into Sunday morning, and he was death on Sunday. Yeah. He was death incarnate. He was the dead corpse you were talking about. Earlier. <laughs> Pope uh,
0: Formosus.
1: I, my... Uh, the biggest compliment that I received this year, and I think that it may not have been necessarily been big. I think sometimes you like the little pats on the back, but um, well, yeah, I, I, I think visually we have cups, and sometimes they're overflowing, and sometimes they're empty. Of just you know, um, and for me personally, my um, love language is uh words of affirmation. I like. Uh, when people tell me I'm doing well or whatever. But I also tell this to people whenever they think – because people think that words of affirmation – I was like, if you don't mean anything to me, no offense, but like if you're – like if, like when kids tell me like you're my favorite teacher, like that doesn't mean anything. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like your older brother, so when you tell me that I'm your favorite teacher, it doesn't like – you just think that I'm cool. Like and I don't – I'm not your math teacher who's just like – Right. You know, and I'm like, okay. So it doesn't – it in in my honest opinion I don't think it takes much to become a kid's favorite teacher so when they say that it's always just kind of like okay um, uh, but that being said so you have cups that get filled um, based off of the compliments that you receive and and, and as far as my worth in my job I just felt like my cup was completely empty after after getting let go Um after just kind of being in this drought and this anxiety period, and then I was able to take over this job um, at uh, menachi and, and I was able to grow and to develop um, there. But I, I, in November, my athletic director told me that he was joking around with uh, our principal, and our principal had said that um, – he would said, hey, I need to talk to you about something – and, uh, my athletic director went in there and, um, and he's like, Hey, we need to talk about, uh, we need to talk about Pierce. Uh, oh, we got to do something about him. And my athletic director was like, what? Like, I don't, I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, no, seriously, we have to do something about him. Um, and he's like, and he's like, he says the principal's name he's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I think I he's been great for me. I d I don't know what it is and he's like, I'm just kidding. I think he's a great hire. I think that this has been great. And so I was like, Hey, the fact that I was a joke means that I like I'm in the clear. Like yeah. I was like the fact that both of these two guys could joke about it and because both of them are my bosses. Right. So I was like, for both of them to feel like I was a good hire and a good choice that like really that like took my cup and like completely filled it. Like I was I felt a lot more confidence and just being able to to feel good about my position. I talk with my athletic director, I talk with my principal all the time, and I feel good and I feel confident about my job based off of the way that they talk about me and, and what they try to do for me. Um, and so that compliment, um, that moment uh, made me feel really good, and that's probably the best I had felt in my job this entire year. So uh, I just remember that moment, and that was – I. That was crucial.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Crucial. Uh, 26. If you were to talk about this year like a story, how would you write it?
0: Well, it would be the... It would be... This year would be the middle of the book or the middle book of three or four books because it's not finished yet. So it's building up to the finale or the next big,
1: yeah. You're the Two Towers.
0: Yeah, it's the Two Towers, exactly.
1: No, well, actually, the Two Towers is where Tolkien gets his hate from. So... uh. So if you're, so I was about to say, Tim probably feels like his last year was kind of boring as far as uh, there is not a lot of action or whatever. And the Two Towers, some people swear by the Two Towers. They're like, it's my favorite movie, it's my favorite book. But really, if we're actually being honest, if you read the books, it's really like Helm's Deep is like a chapter, and it's not a long chapter. <laughs> it's
0: true. Well, in that sense, it would be the Two Towers because a lot of well, there's been a lot of not happening, but. It's all building up.
1: But people, when people think of the two towers, if they've only seen the movies, they're like, Helm's deep. That's a great, yeah, that's a great battle. Like, oh my gosh, your year must've been immaculate. We're like, no, we're talking about the book two towers where where Tolkien spends two day, two pages talking about the trees, which everybody can't stand that he does that.
0: Yeah. Except rush. Rush loves it.
1: I love it, but I don't hold it against him. Uh, but uh yeah so you're saying you're kind of the in-between uh yeah it's always hard when it comes to um school years and that kind of stuff i always feel like i'm in an in-between ground where really my year isn't over um and so, you know, I still feel like we're in the we're in the starting of something new. Uh, uh, I'm still in the honeymoon stages with my school. There's probably lots of problems and things that I don't see and and all that kind of stuff. But I get to sit there and blissfully walk around and feel like everybody walks on water. <laughs> uh, I'm skeptical. Uh, I've learned, but. I'm still very hopeful uh for this. So if my story was one to be written, it's definitely got several books still to be written about it. But as far as this year goes, it's it's a new beginning. Um and I hope that it's one for the better.
0: Yeah, that's that's just a difficult thing in general in life. Um and I think some people have a skill at avoiding this where we want to romanticize new things. Oh, this is new. Like this is a new church and everybody's great. And the blah, 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 blah. blah. This is a new school and everything's great and blah, blah, blah. And and it's just, no, there's, there's always something ugly. And the quicker you can tell yourself it's no, it's no different than anything else. It might be better than a lot of things. It doesn't mean it's as bad as other things, but it certainly has its warts and its problems and its dysfunctions, then you're not so much blindsided when they come along. They're like, oh, no, I didn't know that this was going on in the church or this was going on in the school or this workplace. Yeah, it does. Every place has got its little gossips and clicks and all that kind of stuff. So,
1: Yeah. High school never ends, folks. Mm-mm a bowling for soup song about that uh number 27 how do you describe this year in three to five keywords i actually like this exercise i i try to get kids to um we'll usually go broad because you know like let's let's get it broad but then i want you to focus in and i think that is actually a very difficult exercise to try to summarize things in in very few words um and so three to five words how would you describe this uh this year well, i can do it in
0: two unfinished business <laughs> that's it
1: that's all got? yeah yeah that's all what
0: right. this, that's all i need economy yeah. of words
1: uh, uh
0: for the podcast it's work in progress i think we're still it's still a work in progress so
1: How about you? I say hope for better. Um, and not in like the bad sense of like I hope for better years than this one. It's more of that this year gave me hope for better things to come is more what I would say. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a question in here that's coming up. Um, yeah, it's actually the next question what energized you and what drained you, uh, this year?
0: (laughs) Well, the podcast is both energizing and Draining. draining. The, the editing can be draining. Oh, I gotta edit this thing. I get some, I gotta get it edited so we can get it up. Uh, but the show itself is very energizing. Um, My work day to day is a bit draining, but, uh, I always enjoy and you get to go on two or three of those trips where you have been able to go. You won't be anymore. You go on one or two a year when I get to go out and do my work at racetracks and football games and stuff like that. It's always exciting and energizing. Um, so,
1: uh, Yeah, I'll start with the drain, so I can end on a high note. Uh, uh, Drain me this year is, yeah, I think just uh, last year I was in a really, really bad place at this time. Um, I was very, very insecure in my job. Um, uh, My nails were completely bit off of my fingers. Not, Not literally, but because um, <laughs> I just was under so much stress at work. I didn't feel like I was competent. I didn't feel like I was doing a good job, and I was made to feel that way um, each and every day um, that I was trying to, uh, to earn my way back. Um, and it just it wasn't healthy uh, for me. Um, don't get me wrong. Here's the thing is we could sit there and people can say, well, were you not doing your job? Um, and that kind of stuff, uh, which is is a fair question to ask um, in those situations. Um, and those were the questions that I was asking. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, you know, I'm perfect and then I'm without fault or whatever. I'm just saying that this was the, the circumstance that I was under. Um, and as somebody who cared, it was something that I took very seriously and tried to correct and sh- because somebody had said that i wasn't good at my job and so therefore i needed to make the corrections in order enough to prove that i was good at my job and and so i busted my butt and i worked really hard um, and it nothing ever came of it and that really doesn't feel good um and so that was really draining this year um because uh, you know, we don't ever want to give our heart and soul into something and then somebody say that's not good enough for us because um, that's really tough. Uh, but it happens, that's the way that the world works, and so therefore we got to move on from it. Uh, and so that's why I say that there's hope for better. There was better out there for me. What gave me energy this year was every opportunity that I got to spend with friends, um is what gave me energy every friday at Kawiya, every wednesday night at uh at trivia yeah absolutely every tuesday night talking on the podcast um every trip that we took nascar beer trip friend trips whatever um those are the things that that give energy. and when we talked about earlier about what did you do for your mental health, I think that all of those things are crucial for our mental health where we take time to to savor moments with with good people around us. Um, yeah, are good things for us. And so those always brought me energy um, always helped me unwind and and I'm grateful for them. that's for sure. Anything else on energy, energized or drained you? No. Number 29, how kind were you to yourself this year?
0: <sighs> to myself? Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. I don't know.
1: Tim's like, I don't give into that hippy-dippy <laughs> Uh Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, I, I don't know how to answer that. Oh, I I know how to answer it. The other night, I took myself out on a date. It was a, <laughs> it was a ten minute date, but it was it was what I needed. Uh, I've been watching Reese all day, and as I've disclosed on the show before, I'm not very good with uh, with infants. I'm getting better. I did notice today. I will notice. I will say that I I am getting better to where before it was like it was like okay i'm gonna feed you and I'm, then i gotta figure something to do with you like that was kind of what it was i know and you, hopefully guys on this podcast understand what the hell i'm talking about where i think like, they do where it's like i fed you what the hell do you want me to do with you after this yeah. like you know like you're not doing much like i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do and i will i i've noticed that over the past couple of days like it it does seem like the hours are not as long. The first day that my wife left me with the Reese, I was like every hour is like, Oh my gosh, I got seven <laughs> more hours of this shit. I got six more hours of this shit. Like, you know, like I was like, what the hell? The hours were not flying by at all. Um, but now like, I, I, even though it's only been a few days that I've done it, I'm like, you know, I'm playing with her and hanging out with her and that kind of stuff, and it doesn't seem as much of a chore. Um, and so the hours kind of fly by a little bit more, and so that's kind of been nice. Um, uh, she still got whiny and fussy, and I'm still calling her mom when she's getting whiny and fussy to just be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> she's like, oh, it's good. I'm not going to be home for another couple hours. Cool. Cool. cool just for whatever reason i just thought might be in my brain that you might have gotten off early and you're gonna be here in like 10 15 minutes and be like thank god <laughs> but uh yeah that's i think that uh so i i had spent a day with reese and i was like and we had just finished dinner and i was like you know what I'm going to go get myself a milkshake. We got a new ice cream shop in uh, Visalia, and so I drove down to Handel's Ice Cream. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I am a sucker, and everybody's going to laugh at this, because there's a very particular breed of human that likes this type of thing. And, and I get that, and I'm one of those humans. And so, therefore, I got a banana cream pie milkshake, uh, <laughs> and, uh, cause, and I had just had one. Like, probably two days before. And I was like, that was delicious. And that was what I needed. And then uh, two days later, I was like, I need a milkshake. (laughs) And so I drove down and I had a banana cream pie milkshake. And it was delicious. I love the banana. Uh, uh, I love banana flavored things. um, Especially the cream kind of flavor. So, So, yeah, I was kind to myself uh, that day. Uh, I deserved it. (laughs) Every time I drink a beer, I always know. And you deserve that. <laughs> That's how I'm kind to myself. But I, in all seriousness, as far as like, yeah, I think I think anywhere psychologically now, if you you look, there are things that you need to do to take time for yourself. And I think that actually, I'm I may be a little too good at taking time for myself. <laughs> um, and so. Don't stretch yourself too thin. Uh, although, don't get me wrong. Coaching takes a lot out of you. And so the time that you don't spend coaching, you should definitely be taking time for yourself. So, oh, man. Yeah. So I don't I don't feel guilty about it one bit. But at the same time, know, know that not everybody is needing to take time for themselves every day. So. Uh, yeah, so that's what i do. Anything, did you think of anything? No,
0: I, just, sorry, just, that's not something that...
1: Well, take yourself out on a date. Go get yourself a milkshake.
0: (laughs) I'll drive up to Handel's tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Do you like banana cream pie flavored stuff? No. no? Oh, okay. But I do, their
0: ice cream, cream, though, is is spectacular.
1: It's really tasty. Well, I've only had milkshakes. I also had the Oreo dough milkshake the other night because my grandparents wanted ice cream, we're like, oh, yeah, let's go take you down to this other spot. So I had an Oreo dough, which is cookie dough and Oreo ice cream are mixed together in a blender.
0: I have not had their milkshakes. I've only had their ice cream. Oh. And their ice cream is almost like mm, uh, ice custard. I think that's what they call it in the, in the, in the Midwest. Yeah, I get you. It's yes, very – uh, well – some of their ice cream, it's not every... It, it depends on the flavor you get, and I'm not sure why, but some of it's, like, really fluffy, almost, consistency-wise, but it's all very tasty. You can get... Um, first couple times we went there, my wife and I just got little pints. They'll hand-pack pints of whatever they have, and then I took my youngest... Well, I had my two older granddaughter's the middle granddaughter's birthday. So I took her and her older sister and my mom and we went to Handles. We had pizza next door and then Handles. And i had never gotten ice cream cones from there. So I was like, "All right, I'm going to order small ice cream cones." Yeah, yeah. So I order and
1: they come out with three scoops on top. I ordered the uh, <laughs>
0: Can I get three Can I get three of your small ice cream cones? Sure, what do you want? And the two girls wanted—I uh, don't remember what my mom got—but they wanted strawberry shortcake, or no, strawberry cheesecake ice cream. And yeah, it's like four massive scoops <laughs> in a waffle cone. And I'm like, here you go, happy third, fourth birthday. And she's like, "Oh my gosh!" So yeah, just sitting there, and then, and she's just, she's doing the the little girl thing of like licking the ice cream, and I'm like, "Immy." And it's not, this was six weeks ago, so it's not like it's hot, super hot outside. Right. But it's midday, and I just, Amy, that that ice cream is going to melt all over yourself if you don't start, like, eating it. You can't just lick it. There's too much there. So there was so much ice cream, both of them finally looked at me and said, "Uh, Papa, I'm done. And I was like, okay. Well, I think we can take it home. So they couldn't even get through all of it. But very tasty.
1: Well, your last question on your reflection for your new year, who are on last year or this year, is what advice would you give your last year self or this year self? Before you started this year, what advice would you give yourself?
0: Mmm. So what would you give your two thousand twenty four self
1: what would you give your two thousand twenty three self oh jeez
0: uh yeah be patient it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot longer than you think it's gonna take <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think for me it would just be again there's something better. And I think that's the the best thing to take from it.
0: Is that hard is that hard for you because Well, not hard for you. Does that advice seem a bit American to you? Americans are eternal, eternally op optimistic. We're we're told to be optimistic. You know things are always going to be looking up, and pff, that's just not how the world works in a lot of instances, particularly if you're not in North America or or Western Europe.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, okay. So I mean, where I could come from on this is, and mainly this is where I get the. And where you talked about it before, where I get the romanticized version where, again, I I now get to see what things look, look like on the other side. I know that things worked out this year to where, as in late February, I felt like things were extremely hopeless. Um, and in January, I was – I was – sure that I was getting fired
0: right no yeah I remember I mean yeah I
1: was like we joke about it in passing but I was like I know it's coming like I I know I know like there was no way based off the way that these people made me feel I was like there's no way and then I and so again When I think of how I started this year in this really down, crappy place. Now, I still was determined. That was also part of it where it wasn't like I gave up. Like it wasn't like at the beginning of this year, I was like, I can still fight for this. I can still win this back. Um, You know, I can still come back from this. Um, but I couldn't come back from it. As far as in that particular occupation or in that particular spot, site, and so for me, I'm sitting there and I can sit there and say, now the the message that I would give my previous self, that's the message I would give. To where it's like, you can fight through this and be able to, you're going to be okay at the end. Yeah, I, but I'm not saying that that exists for everybody else. That's that's, that's, that's the thing I, I struggle with. Well, and that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying that I get that at this point because things did work out for me, but that's not the case for everybody else. I can't sit there and say that that message then transcends to every other person. Where so it's how like, do you handle that? Just because it worked out for me, you have to find you have to get your life and your and your happiness from something else. It can't be. And I'm and if you're sitting there and you're saying so, what you're saying is, Colton, you get your happiness in your life from your job or your occupation. It's like well. It, Welcome to the American consumeristic model. Is where oh well, I
0: don't I don't think that's the lesson. I I think
1: well I'm saying if somebody were to ask me that, where it's like yeah that's it. I there is every person in the United States, whether they like it or not, receives an immense amount of value from their occupation.
0: Oh sure. And look, <laughs> uh, I I won't mention who one of the one of our mutual friends. I was at a recent party and uh no he was at a he was at a, a bible study he was at a bible study and the new pastor of the church uh i don't think he's not going to but uh-oh i'm almost done myself cocktail uh, finished. The, this new pastor showed up at the at the bible study and asked him and first question out of his mouth was what do you do for a living and our mutual friend was like he he said he told me he said am i wrong i felt like i felt offended by that That the pastor's like what what do you like what do you do for a living is the first question that comes out of his mouth like like that's the thing that matters uh so we had a 10 minute conversation about well you know that's i don't know that Really, that shouldn't be what anybody's first question should be.
1: Uh, it's not an uncommon question for the first thing that you ask in the United States, though. We no. find so much identity in what we do for a living. Do we not?
0: No, we absolutely do. Absolutely do. Uh, that's the first question most you know ninety nine percent of us. That's the question. You know, so what do you do? Because um, because I think it's an everybody's got a pretty good idea of like generally, like... If yeah, you I do, could it,
1: even figure out your personality type based off of what you... Well, I think like. if,
0: if, if we're being honest, it's tr- it's, we're trying to figure out whether or not, like, how much money you make is what we're trying... We're trying to figure that out without out, outright saying, so, how much money do you pull in a year? Um, what's, what's your... <laughs> what's your household income? Um,
1: well, and also, are you an interesting person or a boring as shit person?
0: Well, I... Th- I think that's where we get ourselves into trouble by asking that question. Is okay? Well, you we just assume that okay, someone's a school teacher, then.
1: Oh no! See what I think is if you tell me that you're a CPA, I'm like, oh, you make good money, but golly, you must be boring yourself. Yeah, as you're out. boring as hell. <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh...
0: <laughs> no, I think what what I was going for is. I mean, let's be honest. You you need you probably should feel lucky as hell because things did break. Like you, you should feel. If we're being honest, like super appreciative of the situation Absolutely. you have, and like thankful every day. Like I, you know, this could have quickly gone south for me. Hundred percent. I could be bitter working like at a CVS five four days a week. Hundred percent. Um. And that's kind of where, yeah, I'm sorry, folks. I you know I I'm I can't be completely tr- honest about what's going on in my life, but I've got this situation going on in my life, and there's this there's a possibility that it goes doesn't break in the direction I think it's going to go, and I'm concerned that I'm going to spend I'm not I'm not overstating it, I'm, and I've told this to my wife. Like I could spend the rest of my days being very very bitter and cynical about the entire world if this thing in my life doesn't go the direction i think it does professionally so um it's it's just so difficult because you it was if you're if you guys are listening to this i mean colton like came to our house when things went south for him at the at the previous place like he came over one night and just like can I come over and just like unloaded and Danique and I were just like this isn't you this isn't the we you know I've never spent a moment in Colton's classroom I truthfully don't know he could be a shitty teacher I have no idea but I that doesn't that didn't strike me as the kind of person you are um and part of that's just because of the time you'd spent with me doing my work you always seem responsible you know I can judge someone who's just volunteering doing the kind doing my work whether or not they take it seriously enough. I yeah, you seem pretty professional if you know uh, so you know I could we could tell how dark it was for you um, and for things to go as well as they did <laughs> it
1: could have easily just not 100 uh, percent. But, well, I mean, that was also part of the... You
0: could be like, yeah, you know, my job sucks right now, but, you know, at least I got a new baby. All right, cool.
1: Yeah, that was an additional stressor, let me tell you. Well, I
0: mean, you know, that could be the one thing you're, like, looking up to, but...
1: That's true. I, that's true. I think that when it comes to this year, and, yeah, I... <laughs> I am now, and this is also the hard part. Where, but here's also the thing: is that I don't necessarily find my worth in my occupation, but I think that there is, there is a burden that was on me at this point. My I'm the breadwinner in my family or in my household. Um, I don't necessarily lean into the fact that I need to provide for my family. Uh, to where, if my wife, if my wife made. Four times the amount of money that I did it wouldn't bother me. The key thing is for me is are we both doing something that we're both happy in um, and that's what's important for me um, and here's the thing or now wait here's the th- now if my wife and now that she's had her child, okay, her happiness is realigned where she has found that maybe being with our baby is the thing that brings her happiness.
0: Yeah, it's funny how that works.
1: Right? Um, But if that's the thing that brings you life and yet we're still, where we're at, our house, the bills that we have, it doesn't necessarily work to where I'm able to be the full income. So where it's like, my wife is like, okay, maybe I just pick up a part-time job and I'm not out as many hours and I'm able to stay with her and and raise her or whatever, um, then I want to be able to support that as well. Like It's not about... I'm very happy in my job, Um, but that's not the thing that necessarily gives me life, but it is the thing that pays the bills, which is – yeah, at the end of the day, I am still a part of the rat race that exists where it's – I'm still trying to make ends meet and I'm the one – that makes the majority of the money in our household that's able to pay for the majority of our bills to where my wife can really – she can sit there and say like I can have the part-time job. But if she were to keep her job and I was to get a part-time job, that just wouldn't fly. Like we wouldn't be able to make ends meet. So that's (laughs) – it's just the world that we live in. So there was a lot of pressure on me in that moment um, and I was able to come out from it. Um, And so that's where I find happiness and hope is from that – where that burden wasn't as – where when that burden was coming down on me, I was able to, to fight and get it. Now, also something to be said about my occupation is I specifically – I love what I do, but also I knew the entire time it, it, I was going to get a job. I knew that 100%, but that's because of my job in particular – For those of you that are unfamiliar, there's an educator shortage. So uh, there's a teacher shortage across the country. Boomers uh, decided to all become teachers. They were really shitty at their jobs. Um, And for some reason, they all wanted to become teachers. I don't know what the hell was going on, but the boomers all became teachers. Gen Xers said, fuck that noise. And they didn't become teachers (laughs) and uh, a lot of millennials said, fuck that noise as well. We don't want to be like grandma and grandpa and they didn't uh, become teachers. And so there's this huge teacher shortage right now where the boomers are all retiring. And so they're trying to find people. And so if you teach a core subject, as long as you're not trying to be a history teacher um, and even then history (laughs) teachers are able to find their jobs. Um, you just may not be or a PE teacher you may not be working in a district that you like but you'll be able to find a job I knew I was going to be able to find a job uh, that was never a problem it was just more of is this necessarily a job that I should be doing if they're saying that I'm bad at it is this something that I'm that I should do how uh, there was looking at different options that kind of stuff um, and a lot of people don't have that luxury like my wife when she kept getting let go from jobs those jobs don't necessarily always exist all the time um and so that's really difficult and i completely understand and i sympathize with those people i i didn't go through that at all um so that's not necessarily fair for me to sit there and talk about um the the situation like that in my opinion but it was a tough time in my life um but was able to come out okay from it so
0: well that's kind of what i was getting at well it's it is it's an american ideal to be able to do the kind of work you want to do and work in an ideal place i mean even this exercise we're doing is frankly a very like upper-class, upper upper-middle-class upper professional exercise to end the year. Most people don't have yeah, the time. Yeah,
1: we're looking down on all of you, actually. No.
0: <laughs> most people don't have the time or the, you know, they got too many other things going on to think about. And I, so I, I'm not poo-pooing the exercise that we've done for the, for the two episodes, but you know what I'm saying. It, it just, saying. it is...
1: It's humbling.
0: It's a very yeah. It's a very humbling, strange thing to be able to live in the situations we do, and so um, it makes it all the more important to take the time we have outside of work and all the and family to to make sure we're doing what we need to do for Jesus's kingdom. So, I guess is what I'm
1: trying to get at. Well, before we end our episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we're actually singing screw you to everybody else on this podcast. You don't get to listen to us uh, just kinda hang out. Um But we'll let you know what beer we're drinking while we're hanging out. We're drinking uh Racer Five by Bear Republic.
0: So... Woohoo. It's back.
1: It's back, baby. Which we haven't had the hazy, which is like the Racer Seven or something.
0: Yeah, and I haven't seen it anywhere either. Well, I used to see it, but I've not seen it since Bear Republic got bought by,
1: uh... It starts with an F, right? Foster's? No. No,
0: they got bought by, shoot. It's, it's a
1: San Francisco Brewing Company, right?
0: Yes. Um, Dukes? No. Was it not Dukes? You're close. Drake's. Drake's. There, there you Drake's. go. Drake's Brewing Company. Um, <laughs> and it tastes different after that. Thank you very much.
1: I actually think it tastes really good, but...
0: Um, whew, yeah, very bitter. It's Very good. Um, yeah, so then we got one episode left, and that's what we look forward. Yes,
1: yeah, so we got 20, 20 questions. Whew, 20 unpack.
0: questions. We will do 20 questions. We'll get one more episode. We won't turn this into four episodes. We'll do 20 questions on the next episode.
1: Looking forward to the next year, to
0: two thousand and twenty-four. Um, next time we record, hopefully, Colton and I will have gone and saw uh Michigan and Alabama playing the Rose Bowl, weather permitting. Um, so.
1: If the weather is not permitting, we're saying screw it.
0: Yeah, the weather's not permitting. We'll just say screw it, and we'll just stay home and watch the game. Uh, I'm not getting. I'm not getting caught. Uh, on the other side of the grapevine with either snow getting in the way or a six-hour drive back but uh hopefully you all have a wonderful actual new year even this is for us new year new year's episode number two but have a wonderful new year's eve and a new year's day
1: be safe please be safe and lots of black eyed peas
0: what wait what is that a thing
1: what you don't eat black eyed peas on new year's day no why would i (laughs) It's for good
0: luck. Does it come with pork chops?
1: What are you talking
0: about? I don't know. What, you, what are you talking about?
1: The black-eyed pe- What? You don't know about the thing of where you eat black-eyed peas on New Year's Day and it gives you good luck? Hell no. What? It's like eating corned beef and cabbage on freaking St. Patrick's Day. Well, it doesn't...
0: Clearly it's luck. not.
1: Watch, 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 watch.
0: Black-eyed peas.
1: Why we eat black-eyed peas... And collard greens on New Year's Day. No, I'm
0: def- definitely not doing collard greens.
1: One of the largest held traditions is that of eating black-eyed peas and collard greens in some form on New Year's Day. In fact, this tradition is so pervasive throughout the Southeast that black-eyed peas appear in recipes as varied as cowboy caviar in Texas to Hop and John in Alabama to peas with ham up in North Carolina. Uh, according to legendary Southern food researcher John Egerton, black-eyed peas are associated with a mystical and mythical power to bring good luck and have been a Southern staple for more than 3 centuries. Hey man, you're the North Carolina guy. I don't Okay, know. <laughs> you know what I have to say to all of that? <laughs> North Carolina
0: basketball, Alabama football, and fucking Texas football can all go to hell. <laughs>